Testing, 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 testing. Yo, what up, it's Loshi. You know what I'm saying? Coming through, we're hanging with the crew. Know what I'm saying? On the road to episode 100. Know what I'm saying? You feel me? You see me? You be me? Bitch ass nigga? Whole ass nigga? Know what I'm saying? Coming down straight out of Texas. Know what I'm talking about? Yeah. This your main man with... You know what I'm saying? Understand, I'm the one, not the two. Know what I'm saying? Check out the podcast, man. We global. Boom. You were hanging with the motherfucking crew. to put respect on Archer Raymond the fourth name. What happened? These past few years, you he is his only peer of his generation is Beyonce. That's his only peer. Now oh. Usher isn't as revered as one Beyonce Giselle knows Carter is, but there's factors into that. Um, one major factor is he's a man, and I'm saying like this: in the music industry, over the course of time, um, very few male artists are revered as Beyonce is revered. It's only like fights like Michael Jackson, Prince, Stevie. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. just you know when they step out, it's just regalness. But my case for Usher is. The only people you can put over Usher are people that came before Usher came. There's only one you can put over him that's, that's come out since he's come Don't out. say it because you can't. You still can't. You still can't. As much as I know you may want to, you cannot do it. I think I know who you're going to say. Yeah, it's just Beyonce. Oh, it's, whoa. No, it's yeah, it's Beyonce. It's Beyonce. That's it. I thought you were going to say a guy. Yeah, Beyonce. No, no, no. There is no guy. Since 1994. There's not a, there's a, as far as male singers, nobody's nobody nobody is over Usher. Nobody's over Usher since nineteen ninety since nineteen ninety four. I mean you, I mean you could bring up that that guy from Chicago in jail, but he came out in nineteen ninety one. So it's and he in jail. So it's, and we know why he in jail, but 
Nah, it's only people. There's listen. Also, so it's only Beyonce. It's only Beyonce in front of them, and that's not a bad person to be behind. True that. If you if there's a, if there's a list of things to be on, and Beyonce is number one on the list, and you're number two, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's like you know what I'm saying. Like it's just it's him and Beyonce for the past thirty years. You know what I'm saying. Like also nobody. I'm saying like this. Nobody has a three album run better than Usher since he came out. Okay. I'm talking. Yeah. Okay. Confessions. Oh no, no, no. My way. Confessions. Okay. You can only go to you can only go to off the wall. Okay. Well, I can I can I can only disagree because I actually have a a favorite three consecutive album or a favorite trio by one artist. Who would that be? The John Legends. His oh. three albums are really, really good to me. Like, yeah, yeah, those are really, really good albums. So, that's getting it. Those are great projects. They really are. Baby, when I used to love you. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, that's my. That's my. Uh, in another, in another alternate universe, I'm a, I'm a blues singer. An alternate universe. What? I'm a blues singer. Oh, oh, okay. So get lifted once again and Evolver. Yes. Now his album after Evolver took five years, and it's called Love in the Future. But on Love in the Future is his biggest song of all time. What? <laughs> all of me. I thought, okay, well, that's just that The one song too. that he's going to perform for the rest of his life, for, you know how, like, you know how, like, uh, you know how Charlemagne the guy says, for for the rest of his life, Genuine will always get, like, $25,000 to perform Pony. Yeah. John Legend will always get no less than 200 racks to sing all of me at somebody's Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yes. yes. And, and his second one is ordinary people. He can, you know what I'm saying? He can hit you with ordinary people. I don't know. I don't know what occasion you would sing that at. You know, uh, any occasion really. But that the, his signature song. His, those are his two signature songs. Those are his two signature songs. You know what I'm saying? One of them, he will, he'll be able to perform for the rest of his damn life. How old is he right now? How old is he right now? I don't know. He is 44 years old. 44 years old. He promptly has. Promptly. Promptly. God says the same. No. 40 years, 40 years left on this earth. True that. Hold yeah, on, like, because it's like, like I, like you know, I would say like basketball players they live to the in their eighties. Art, like you know, R&B singers live that long. Too. <laughs> True that. I'm yeah. helping you set up her MacBook. She just got a Mac, so give me a second, real quick. She just got a MacBook. Yeah, today is her birthday. Oh wow, today is her birthday. Yes. How old is she? Uh, you can ask her. I don't know. Twenty-seven. Something like that. 
<clears throat> yeah, but yes, I'm very glad. You know, I'm so glad that. Yes, when I seen, did you see? Well, there was a video of Usher in Vegas doing the choreography from "You Remind Me." No. And he hit the handstand. Yeah. Oh. You know that oh. video where like there's the dance section that's not on the original. <laughs> That's not on the radio version, the video version where he's like, yeah. somewhat, yes. Yes, he did that choreography and he hit the handstand. With the legs too? Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, somebody replied to it like this, replied to it and said, this is what taking care of your gift looks like. Because I can only imagine a 44-year-old Usher was like, had a gut yeah, that would have been bad. And he was, he was, he, yeah, you know what I'm saying? He takes care of his body. I remember when, uh, I remember when, uh, oh, number. Password. Password. Happy birthday, Miss Pena. Thank you. <laughs> What kind of MacBook is it? No. I don't know. Oh, For this. Oh, well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 91. Yes, it is. <laughs> you all right? Yeah, I'm good. Drink some water. Do you have any medicine? Please get some water. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, can you please get some water? Goodness gracious. <laughs> All right, I'll go get some damn water. Give me a sec. <clears throat> I don't know more. Sorry. Oh, oh, three, three. Cambio. Change. Mm -hmm. Change. Okay. Uh, eight <laughs> figures. Ah. Yes, mm -hmm. necesita más. Más. Más un ocho y más. Eight or more. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Oh, sorry. I give a new play for me today, my birthday, okay? <laughs> oh, that's great. How old are you? Turning today. Your age. Age. You want to know? Um, age. Yeah, your age. <laughs> <laughs> no good asking for one lady. I feel you. I understand. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. But today I am 26 years old. 26? Uh, no, the five, five, six. Five, six? I pray that I get to that age and many, 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 many years after. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you listen to this, this is Hang With The Crew. We're on the road to episode 100. On the road, we're almost there. I'm I'm just getting to the verification. I'm almost getting it. Almost about ready to have it completely signed. No, this is this is tech support with Caleb. Know what I'm saying? Yes. I guess I'll make this announcement for this. Only for this. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I have an EP. Yes, I said EP, which means music. After six interesting years, I would say, I'm putting out a piece of material. Um, that uh, is inspired. The work don't match. It's not the same. That is inspired by this podcast slash show slash entertainment hour mm -hmm. or two or three or four. Okay. So I'm putting out an EP. Uh, one nine six six. Know what I'm saying. As soon as Caleb gets done, I'll talk about it in depth and thoroughly. Pretty soon I'm going to interview my older brother. Oh, his album. <clears throat> shout out Nickels and Dimes. Shout out Four Five. Shout out Mel Rock. No, I'm saying this is this is cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Baby, when I used to love you. What the hell is that? 
Uh, Miss Pena, my mom chopped up a watermelon today and some other fruit. Miss Pena's making juice. Are you making the smoothie out of it? Yeah, she she drinks a juice every day, every day. I got a juice of a Christmas. Then I'm gonna start using it when I move. What you mean, gonna start using it? You should be using it, man. You do have a point, but it's gonna be used on right now. Cool. But yeah, check out the latest episode of the show. Is um Moesha and. Well, my bad. Big Moesha. I can't see you, bro. Why are you sitting in the dark, man? What are you going through? You've been sitting in the dark for the past few episodes. I'm not going through nothing. I'm just chilling. All right. I'm just not a nigga that like to have the lights on. Oh, uh, I feel like that. You, you, you ain't got no window. Hmm? That room don't have a window? You got a, <laughs> they, do, they do got a window. It's just the blinds are closed. Oh, goodness crazy. You know what I'm saying? But yes, I, me, putting out music next month. Beautiful. Putting out a six-song EP called Am I Still Good at This? Shout out to Easy Products. The first song should be released soon. It's called Out the Station. I made the artwork for that. You know what I'm saying? I, I decided to keep the artwork simple and regular. You know what I'm saying? I'm working on what's next after this. But the reason why I'm putting out this EP is to give you a little appetizer of my first full-length album that centers around this show. Volume one of Hanging with the Crew. <clears throat> and it's going to feature the crew. Now, who are the crew? Well, the crew consists of me, Leon Rhymes, the watermelon blender. Huh? I said the watermelon blender. Yes, watermelon, pineapple, and I think papaya. Turn that off. But <laughs> that shit is loud. Uh, Caleb's going to be on the project via production and via vocal. You might sing on that, bitch. Uh, many people <laughs> who are artists that have actually been on this show will be on this project. Many, many surprises. Follow me. Are you one yeah. of Hanging with the Crew? Some sugar. elite, some elite sugar. More sugar. No, it's okay. Yes. Okay. Some elite production. Some elite verses. Some fun abs. Some never before seen combinations. And I'm not rapping on every song because I'm not that selfish. But <clears throat> we will create a mixture of the friends I have made along the way. So eclectic, a little more. So eclectic. Here we go. And I'm so unique, so diverse, so bombastic. 
You know what I'm saying? Shit, we might get Miss Pena on on, on the album. Uh, she's leaving tomorrow. Then what that what that's supposed to mean? Oh, true that technology is beautiful. Yeah, what that's supposed to mean? She can call. Me. But yes, but yeah, but this this album will take time. This will take time because I have a lot of ideas. But this EP will come out no later than the the top of June. But it's coming out next month. I hope everybody enjoys it. I'm ready. Right. Right. I think I will. You know what I'm saying? I, I you know, I, I need to know if I'm if I'm still rapping as I was when I was what, 23 years old. Probably not. Probably, Probably better. Not. I would most definitely say better. Probably better. I haven't heard you in a while, but I would most definitely say better. I have more life experience. Yeah. I'm an actual grown man. Well, I'm an actual man. I don't know if I'm a grown man yet. <laughs> I get you. <laughs> I'm older. I don't know if I'm wise about more experience. Well, it's fun. You know, features, of course, Izzy Products. My brother. And my dog, uh, my dog from Chicago, Def C, he's going to be on it. But it's very Texas. It's very me. I'm talking about things I've never talked about for the first time. Using references that I don't normally use. Oh, wow. You're going to say whore finally? No. <laughs> no, I haven't said whore. On a song, but how my writing process is, I usually cater to the production as a writer. Yeah. So whatever the beat tell directs me toward, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah, right now. My, bad, my bad for not saying too much of anything, but I'm really excited. I have an audition today at five at the Alley Theater and getting my mind together for that, you all. So not being standoffish or anything, just trying to hone in and focus as well. I'm still here, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's still here. He's drinking a peanut butter and banana smoothie. It is not peanut butter banana. <laughs> it's just pineapple. And sangria, though, too. Ooh, sangria. Look at fancy. Ooh, fancy. But yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's exciting. <clears throat> My mother's doing virtual tours of, of the home. Yeah. Winding down. Getting ready for that. <clears throat> getting ready to make a big move, a big change. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A big new responsibility. What the hell are you hitting? 
mixing up my, my sangria with my pineapple in the smoothie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. New responsibility, a new opportunity, which might bold as a challenge. Which might bold as a challenge. <clears throat> you know, I've never held down a home before on my lonesome. It's yeah. kind of rare. Why do you say it's rare? Nah, you know, you know, it's just, it's just a new adventure, it's a new opportunity. Yeah, but I got to tackle. But I'm going into it relaxed, as prepared as I can be. <clears throat> Probably a lot of realization is going to come with this new adventure, but. Just like, just like most of the times I've had realizations, I've been able to, I've been able to handle it, whether I have help through it or not. So, I'm ready for it. <clears throat> That's good. Yeah. I'm ready for it. It's, you know, I'll be five months and four days. I'll be big three zero. Are you um, nervous? Are you excited? What? I'm not nervous. Uh -huh. I'm not nervous. I, I don't. I'm not nervous with that. I'm not scared. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying I'm making a step towards bettering myself. What do you think is the? What do you think is going to be most important, or what is most important to you? Um. <clears throat> Approaching 30 or just period? Yeah, just period. You said making some changes. Um get out more. You know what I'm saying? Just get out more. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Just just mingle a little bit. <clears throat> you know, I think I I've been here for four years in Austin, and the thing about Austin is Austin, there is so much to do that it's kind of like like there's so much to do, but it's kind of like, in a sense, shot me away from doing much. Because it's so much to do. It's overwhelmingly a lot of shit to do out here. Yeah. And like, you know what I'm saying? I'm rather rather take the approach of I want to do all of it. It's I'm just been like, nah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's... Yes, I do. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of, it's kind of made me even more standoffish, which was a surprise to me. But <clears throat> even though I'm not going to a major city, there's still more things to do. There's still, you know what I'm saying? You can still meet. Do you think you'll be comfortable because you'll be closer to family? No. I'll no. tell, tell you something. Uh, I am far enough from a, a few people to where they won't come just randomly bother me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, see, like, here I'm far enough from my mom. I live with my brother. 
So it was kind of like, with this situation, even though like every now and then my mom would pull up and might have a pop-up, might have like a little get-together around it, but that's every now and then. For the most part, I'm going to be in that situation. I'm going to be in this, this home by myself on a daily basis. And it's three hours from where I currently am, which is a drive. <laughs> yes, it is. Back and forth for a motherfucker to make. So it's like, so it's like, whenever, and throughout my life, whenever people that care about me a lot aren't in arms reaching me, I've been able to succeed. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, which is why, like, which is why, like, in college, I was fine. I was fine. Like, it wasn't really, like, it was fine. Like, I didn't really have anybody. Like, this situation, I won't have anybody hovering over me. Okay. So, like, you know what I'm saying? I can, I can properly judge my successions or my mistakes. You know what I'm saying? Like, like one, you know, you know, one succession I might view as something very, very big, while somebody close to me might look at it as very, very small. And if they not around me all the time, that won't affect me how they feel about it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, like, or if I make a mistake that I see as small, they see as big. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we Yes, it is. Um, but I thoroughly understand what you're saying. It's it's like oh that I found I don't know exactly what it's called because I think that it has to be cosmic. And it's like, okay, because you're such a big guy in stature, mm-hmm. and your brother's a big guy in stature, you all around each other being big people. It's not uncomfortable or unsettling. You understand thoroughly what it is, and you all know how to operate around each other because you are the things that you are. But if it was, say, if your it was like your cousin that you knew growing up, and they were five, six, five, seven, my height, and had never just constantly been around you, they wouldn't know how to feel about certain things that you can do by yourself. Yeah, and then another thing is like. You know, like being you know, my brother being with me here has been a blessing in so many, so many ways. You know what I'm saying? And I know he realized I realized it too. Because there's certain things that if he was just a roommate, certain my certain certain few of my habits wouldn't be tolerated how it is that he's like my older brother. But as much as we love each other, we are two men. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, to me, as much as it, it, it would, you know what I'm saying? There's a comfort part of like keeping this train going between me and him at some point. We, <laughs> at some point, I feel like we gotta, you know what I'm saying? We gotta disperse. But I think I believe, well, no, 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 not I think, I know. And I've prayed enough to know that when we disperse, we're gonna be fine. We're gonna be A okay. Now, there was times where I thought, shit. I'll leave this bitch. It's gonna be fucked up for the both of us. But now I'm, I'm pretty confident that to, together or not, we're gonna be, you know what I'm saying? We're set, we're set up with, you know what I'm saying? God got his hands on both of us. And I'm confident in that. 
So, you know what I'm saying? I'm just, yes. I'm just excited for the new Vientia. You know what I'm saying? I've, I, funny enough, I'm excited to explore Baytown because Baytown for the for the you're most part, by, you're gonna be by more water, yeah, right? <laughs> for the most part, Baytown, the port, like it's just been drive by cities, like just drive by cities. Laporte is, uh, you might like Laporte for some things, but Laporte's not that great, honestly. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? This is gonna sound crazy. The first thing, the first restaurant I'm going to when I get to Baytown is Baytown Seafood. Okay. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Which I haven't been to. I haven't been to Baytown Seafood since I was like 15. Oh, so you finna go fuck it up? <laughs> yes, yeah. It's like you finna I haven't go been because my mom went through these phases. My mom's favorite restaurant of all time is Cheddar's. She's like. She's damn that had everything on the menu. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? She was going to she was going to Cheddar's faithfully when Cheddar's had Idaho nachos. Had what? Idaho nachos. I have no idea what that is. Idaho nachos. Oh. They take waffle fries and they season them and cook them to perfection. And they top them with ground meat, cheese, tomatoes, and sour cream if you want. Okay. Yeah, but that that that, that was on the menu until around like 2011 or some shit. And then what happened? It got replaced with Texas cheese fries. Really? Which is just fries, cheese, and bacon, and ranch dressing. And I'm like, y'all could have kept the Idaho nachos. But yeah, yeah, Baytown Seafood. Texas fries are cool, but you you don't replace something that something more original for Texas cheese fries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what sound have you been going for or what sound are you going for or can we expect from your production? Um, on the project? Yeah. On the project is kind of like <clears throat> it's it's a few, you know, various sounds. But it's more it's a more late when I listen to the records, you know, the rush of the records. It's a more you know, it's a more wordy project. Okay. Yeah, so it was like, it was really just me rapping. You know what I'm saying? If if I if if I give it, if I could give it a time that's good enough to listen to, I would go. I would go like two p.m. to like seven p.m. It's that kind of time slot of music. You know what I'm saying? It's not morning time music. But it's not definitely not nighttime. It's really afternoon, evening ass music. Somebody's calling me from Massachusetts. But uh, yeah, 
Yeah, but I, you know what I'm saying? I think people are going to enjoy the six songs. It's not that long. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, good enough to get in and get out. Get some. That too. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm rapping at a high level. You know what I'm saying? I'm rapping very freely. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not, there's like no pressure for, I'm not trying to like be, you know, an active rapper. But I will, I will say the goal of me making music now is to get it You know what I'm saying? Like get it licensed, like make music, put it out, and then like have the opportunity to get the music on video games, nice. in commercials. You know what I'm saying? Performing it? I don't know. Why not? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't gotten gotten to that thought process yet. Were you, were you ever there? Well, I ever, uh, well, you know what? When I was doing it before, I fell in love with the process of making it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm really a fan of like Build like I, you know, because my process is like I build it from scratch. You know what I'm saying? Like I start from zero and we get to a hundred over the course of I don't I don't know four months, six months, two months. But I like you know what I'm saying? I like because I start with I start with the very beginning. Like a lot of people might start with the music. I start with the name of the project. I start with what I wanted to represent, and then I go from there, and then gradually as I build it, the artwork and imagery for it, you know, falls into my mind, and then, you know, we pick the best, we pick the best songs, and we put it out. And so with, with this album process, I'm, this album process, I'm way more patient now than I was before because I'm getting many different voices, sounds, and beats. You know what I'm saying? And trusting that even though I'm not on a song, a song is very good. A song that I'm putting out or the project on a project that I'm going to put out is as good as a song with me on it. So I'm trusting, you know what I'm saying? I might... You know, there might be a time where I I just send you a, a, a minute and a half beat and just say, go for what you know. True that. Whatever you do, I'm going to put this beat at the end of this song. I'm going to put it as an interlude to this motherfucking song. So it's, yeah, yeah. I'm, it's, it's a very, I wouldn't say it was tasking because I'm controlling it. I just got to make sure. The tasking part is making sure people people do it. You know what I'm saying? People like be like, yo, put a verse on this. And then like they do the verse. You know what I'm saying? I send, I send it to three different people. I get three different verses. I get one of the somebody to put a hook on it and I piece it together. You know, you know, you know throughout the summer, I'm going to get more people that I want on a project on the show. 
I'm just reconnecting with my dog, Mike B. He's going to be on the show soon. Hopefully with you. He's another Wiley, right? That's beautiful. I'm still helping Pena. What's she doing? Is she setting up her account information? Yeah. That sounds fun. 715 Main Street, Baytown, Texas. Baytown Seafood. Where is it at? It is three hours and 22 minutes away. Which means it's like 10 minutes from where I'm going to live. So, yeah. I am super califragilistic. Expialidocious. <laughs> You're super califragilistic. Expialidocious. Yes. Is that what all. you really just said? And that's and, and oh my gosh, you're terrible. I'm, why am I terrible? No, that's actually a beautiful thing to do. It did it already. No. Fox has suffered a fractured index finger in his left shooting hand. Who? He is helpful, De'Aaron Fox. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm sad now. Because yeah. I was, I'm sad. Seriously, got good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but I thought they were going to win. And now that's, I mean, he unless he plays and drops, has like 15 assists, you know what I'm saying, his scoring, somebody else going to score. His left shooting, well, I mean, he's a lefty? He's a lefty, dope. Yeah. That'd be very, 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 very dope. Um, oh, while I'm here, I was speaking about the, we we spoke about the greatness of Chris Tucker last last ep, that bonus episode is coming out Friday. By the way, uh, we spoke. Um, we just spoke about the greatness of Usher. Um, the and I did it in the earlier. Ep, I sent prayers out to. The most talented man on the planet, Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Because he suffered a stroke a couple weeks ago, but his daughter had posted that he's he's recovering, which is a blessing. I hadn't read into the news, but I've been seeing it. People report yeah. you know what I'm saying? You know, because the one, you know what I'm saying, there's make no bones about it. That is that Jamie Foxx is the most talented man on the it's not, it's not even close. But w- the one thing that we as, and when I say this, I'm not blaming it for anything. The one thing that we we as men need need to understand, not realize, but understand that. As we get into our older years, even now, if you're in your early 30s or, you know what I'm saying, mid to late 30s, but as we get into our mid to late 40s and 50s and 60s, you know, you can't go as crazy as we used to. No, you can't, but you still can do some things. You still can do some things. And, like, him and, like, him will... K 
Hart, Eddie Murphy from 1980 to like 1997. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They just like would just they just. They you know, they they, I'm not gonna say they superseded expectations from themselves. Yeah, but it the onslaught that they were able to give. Yes, the massive. The, yeah. The it year was, after year after year. Dude, do you know, like, have you seen Hollywood Shuffle by Robert Townsend, written and directed mm-hmm. by Robert Townsend? Yeah, I was. He has, it's a, it's a movie and he has a bit in there and he's talking, Hollywood Shuffle is talking about the difficulties of African-Americans making it in Hollywood. You know what I mean? So he has this, it's a, it's a movie, but then it goes into bits and he has this one bit of it where it's like, you get a audition place and they're like, yeah, we're looking for Eddie Murphy type, just Eddie Murphy type. So like every, if you pay attention because what they say, impressions or what is it about flattery? You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people end up patterning themselves after <laughs> the most influential people in that in that canon yes and from each one of those people have people that have stamped what they're doing with the artistic direction of what the other people are doing and that's a beautiful thing but at the same time it's not mm-hmm. but yes eddie murphy kevin hart will smith jamie fox anthony he, mackie samuel jackson like Samuel L. Jackson, yes. Now Anthony Mackie is well, he keeps a job. That's why I'm saying like yeah, he's he's more so now. Like people are gonna really start catching on to him now. You know what I mean? Right. He, does like, his, he does have his own style and everything. Yeah. So what I'm saying is like is like Eddie and Eddie Eddie kind of like probably Richard Pryor, but Eddie really modernized this work ethic of year after year movie. Movie, movie, SNL, yeah, stand up show, stand up set, stand up movie, movie, stand up movie, movie, movie. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah, it's consistent, yeah. yeah, and I understand it. You know, Marlon Wayans said, like, I, I, I work like I'm, I'm about to be poet here. I don't ever want to go back to eating serve sandwiches. I fully, of course, I, of course, of course, you, you know what I'm saying? You got to have that in the back of your mind, but you also got to. Have in the back of your mind, like your health, mentally, physically, emotionally, why you're working this hard. Yes. You know what I'm saying? The only person, really, really, I, the only two people I've seen it do it real smoothly is really Denzel and Samuel Jackson. You know what I'm saying? They kind of, you know what I'm saying? They kind of operate. You know, because Sam Jackson has been in like over 80 movies. Actually, he has the most, and it's 100 something. Yeah, 100 something movies. You know what I'm saying? And like the different, he's like, Samuel Jackson's like, he's like the Snoop Dogg of film. Oh he, just does, he just does everything. A Snoop Dogg is a Samuel Jackson of rap or music or entertainment. I see where you're going. I see yeah, you're going. they just do, they just do a lot. You know what they, I'm saying? Their, their, their personality. Like they have their where they are, their line of work, but their personality transcends just about every other line of work there is too. 
Yeah, and like Samuel Jackson, like he's about to be seventy five, and he's you know what I'm saying the, the crazy the crazy thing about it, like he's about to be seventy five, and for the last decade, he's been Nick Fury. But in between being Nick Fury of the past decade, he's also done multiple other movies. And here's something that's not spoken of. Uh, he does a lot of stage work. Yes. A lot of stage work. Yes, which is crazy. He's 74 years old. And his breakout role, his breakout role. They consider it Pulp Fiction. Well, his, his, his film debut, well, he was... Jungle Fever. No, his film debut was coming to America. Oh, it is coming to America. He played the same character in Jungle Fever. My bad. Yeah. Well, his first film is called Together for Days. It's a film starring Clifton Davis. His film debut is like Together for Days and is a black is an independent black exploitation independent film. Jesus Christ. You talk about syllables. Uh, um, but yeah, Jack. Oh, the film had the film has been re-released sometime later under the title Black Cream. Wow. Black Cream. Yeah, yeah, Black Cream. So his film, his film debut was Together for Days. Then nine years later, he did Ragtime. Have you ever seen Ragtime? Never heard of it. Debbie Allen's in it. Oh no. It's about dance? Yes. It is about um what's an early appearance? It's it's based on the novel. It was, yeah. They didn't remake this? No, they didn't remake. No, they didn't remake it. Nah. I wonder if it's shrimp, but nah. He went from he was uh he was John oh he was he was John Kelcourse and Eddie Murphy's Raw, but yeah his his note first notable film was coming to America. Well, probably because he was in Broadway. Yeah, he, he was in Broadway for a long time. He met his wife in Broadway, but yeah, you know what I'm saying. He started in high school. Yes, yeah, but then. He was in. He was coming to America. School days. Do the right thing. AKA Mr. Senior. Mr. Senior Love Daddy. Hey. But then he did one, two, three, four, five, six. He did seven films in 1990, including Mo Better Blues, Goodfellas, and The Return of Superfly. He did seven films after coming to America. Yes, he did seven films in a year. Oh my goodness! In nineteen ninety, then after in ninety one, he did Strictly Business, Jungle Fever. Have you seen Strictly Business? No. It's a pretty cool movie. It's Tommy Davidson early. Oh, Tom, oh Tommy Davidson and Halle Berry. He um, it's, it's if you get the chance to. 
I would most definitely recommend that movie just to just to see it. Yeah, he was in juice. He was in juice. Fred. <laughs> he's just. He was in menace. He was in menace. He was in juice. Menace is What? Did Jackson not know running the mule? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Look at what like he was in Jurassic. But look at if you look at if you look at the five year run he had before Pulp Fiction. Crazy. Then he was a diehard time to kill long long kiss. That's what I'm saying. After after Pulp Fiction, that was it. He's by you, Jackie Brown, the Negotiator. One movie I watched that I shouldn't have watched when I was like eight. What? The Negotiator? Negotiator. It's cool. I like it. With Sam Jackson and Kevin Spacey before he got all weird. Yeah. Because <laughs> he did get weird. D Blue C. Got his hands. Oh, my gosh. Up. Oh, my gosh. That was so sad when that shark had got him. <laughs> Mace Windu. God, I love him. I love the role that he got for Star Wars. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, he just fits. It don't matter what the fuck you put him in. He could have been in DC. Like Samuel Jackson is. He really. It don't matter which. It's a. It's a. It's a movie on HBO Max that I watched with him and Tommy Lee Jones, and it's just him and Tommy Lee Jones. That's the only two people in the movie, and it's called uh, The Sunset Limited, and it's based off of a play. And it's it's just really amazing just to sit and watch him perform, man. It really is. It is. You know what I'm saying? He's him and like I said, him and Denzel, they do this. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't they do it to the point, they know how to do it to the point where it doesn't take a toll on them. You know what I'm saying? Like even Kevin Hart didn't have like a he didn't have like a stroke and I'm not wishing that on him at all, but he got in that car accident. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, not saying, not saying that I'm never saying that's that's God, but so when you after you get into something like that, you kind of reassess, you know what I'm saying, how hard you go, your schedule. You know what I'm saying? You kind of reassess. I'm not saying you don't you don't go back to you know working a a, a heavy schedule, but you kind of pace it to where you can handle it. True that. You know what I'm saying? So it's <laughs> like I think uh, I think Jamie's gonna come out of this stronger, more wiser. It's gonna be crazy. He's gonna be strong, more wiser. You know, more. Yeah, you know, more level-headed if he wasn't already. <laughs> more. You know, more, yeah, 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 more. You know, more centered on family. You know what I'm saying? He probably it'll probably. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want him to come out. Extremely fat. Take your time. You know what I'm saying? That's something mm-hmm. that is a life altering, life changing. I'm I'm glad he's still here with us. He's one of my, he's my favorite entertainer of all time. Yes. Because still someone who I look up and then from Texas. Yeah, of course, from Terra, Texas. You know, small, you know what I'm saying? He's from small town of Texas. Mr. Eric Bishop. Yeah, Eric Marlon Bishop. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 very you know what I'm saying. There are there's no you talking about a? You talking about a, a, a? Like it's it's crazy to like 
think that a man who's won an Oscar for Best Actor has one of the all-time vocal voices yeah. ever heard. You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? Do you know? Do you know what happened and how he actually got the role of Ray? Yes. No, bring it down. It's real quick, and I got to get out of here. But this is a this this will bring it full circle. The part for Ray, because of his acting skills, was actually offered to none other than Chris Tucker himself. Hilarious. The thing is, he couldn't play the piano. And he himself offered the role and basically told him, like, hey, y'all should go check out Jamie Foxx. So rather than Chris Tucker being Ray, we ended up getting Jamie Foxx's Ray. And the only thing they had to do was close his eyes, like just blew his eyes closed because he could, he could play what Ray played. He also damn near looked like him when he got the haircut with the shades on. And his voice was, he was able to mimic his voice and likeness. So it it was the perfect thing. I couldn't imagine watching Ray with Chris Tucker versus Jamie Foxx. With Chris Tucker would have had Ray's pitch, but not his. Yes, voice. it would have. It would have been. It would have been like Flex Watson. It would have been, been good. Country. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. See, and a lot of people don't know about that. Oh, Uncle Squirrel just said, "What about R. Kelly? If R. Kelly was Ray?" No, that was no. Oh, musically, musically, yes. First of all, first off, that movie came out. That movie came out two years after the piss take. He was never getting oh. that. He said, <laughs> <laughs> "Never get that. That, no, that would have been good." But that, really, that got him in a little trouble. But not too bad. <laughs> no, really he was never getting that. But now, like now, like my theater teacher was like, "You don't know. You watch Ray. You don't know that's Jamie." A lot of people. A lot of people. I've heard that from so many people when that movie first came out. Oh my gosh! So many people were like. Older white people, of course, because they didn't know who Jamie Foxx was until then. They really thought they were looking at Ray Charles himself. Yeah, if you watch that movie, you can't tell that's Jamie playing Ray Charles. You can't tell. Until that shit, that shit is masterful, man. That movie is masterful. Like it really is. It's a beautiful movie. Yeah, and the fact that he he went found Ray, he went found living Ray Charles. To you know, spend time with him, get a conversation with him. Oh, I I heard about that too because of Jamie Foxx being who he is, and then Ray Charles being who he is. I watched some of the interviews and things about the movie. I know how long the script took. It actually that script took twelve years to write, so the process of that was probably amazing. But one of the things he said he had to do when he was because he went to go learn to play, so he would go sit and play with him. And when musicians get together for real. They really just start jamming out. And he was listening to his old his old playing and then the way he played when he got older. And he was he was more static when he was younger. And when he met him when he was older, his play became more fluid. So he said he actually had to stop hanging around with and playing the piano with older Ray Charles because he was picking up the style that he had at that time mm-hmm. rather than the style that he needed to portray for the movie. And I think that was just really cool. Yeah. Ray and Slow Jams helped kicked off what he always wanted his music career. And that 2004 was very big for him. But 
we gonna get we gonna get out of here after this. Did you did you you ever heard him tell the story about like about him uh the road to winning the Oscar? No. So there was when the movie came out, there was a lot of he had got nominated, and then there was a real big chance that he would win. So he he had got like pulled over or something. He got arrested for like a DUI. Like the the like probably like the week or like the month. He was partying. After Ray came out, he just went partying and shit like that. But he got a call from Oprah afterwards. And Oprah called him and invited him to Sidney Poitier's house. And all of the and he goes in because they, they had got those all of the the actors, the thespians, were in this were in were in the Sydney Forty's house. I believe it was his house, and they had got rumblings that it was a good chance that Jamie would win it. But Jamie was wild; like he was wild. He was partying, getting drunk, getting pulled over, and so he got a call from Oprah. Oprah reeled him in, and he brought and she Sydney Portier brought all the. The actors from the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the Sister Tyson, the Denzel, and they all sat him down and they was like, it's a real good chance you can win this. And how you behaving right now, how you acting right now, it's it's not, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and they, you know what I'm saying? It's not gonna, you know what I'm saying? It's not gonna look good in front of the Academy. Now, now you now niggas can be like, fuck the Academy all they want, but the cat the Academy is still the Academy. And so they basically explain to Jamie that after he wins, there's certain things that he got to go do afterwards. You know what I'm saying? To prepare for like what's next after that. A lot of, which a big reason, a big reason Monique kind of, kind of got blackballed is because she didn't want to do those. And when she won the Oscar, she didn't go do those things. She went back to doing stand-up. But there's like a, a protocol for Oscar winners that you got to go through when you win. And so yeah. like, he was wild. Because, uh, we are much overdue for Jamie Foxx stand-up, I believe. Yes. We are well overdue. You know what? I think we. I think after the situation, we're going to get it now. Because I think he's going to, he's probably going to, he's probably going to reassess everything. You know what I'm saying? A lot of, you know, I, you know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, this is kind of crazy, but you know what I'm saying? A lot of a lot of roles because of the Jonathan Major situation, a lot of roles have opened up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I know Jamie's gonna take his time. He's gonna be with his family, his daughter, his his daughters and all of that, his mom and all of that. And you know, he, when he decides, you know, he's gonna get back to work, he's gonna get back to work. You know what I'm saying? Jamie Jonathan Majors was supposed to play Otis Red. And I'm like, why he had to put his hands on that girl? Yeah, that would have been pretty cool. Yeah. But however, however, now you're going to have that situation again. And I really think they should do this. But it's so difficult to match Ray. They should, if you're going to do a biopic of a musician, you should give the respect to another musician to have that part every time. Even if, even if they don't look just like him, if they can play the instruments, if they can actually sing, it just makes more sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know, it just makes I know, more sense. I know Otis Redden. 
look 45 years old, but please don't get that wrong to Jamie Foxx. Because Otis Redding died at 26. So, <laughs> I don't want, you know what I'm saying? They, I'm not they, saying go get Jamie Foxx. What I'm saying is, goodness gracious, there is a bunch of people on earth, and I'm pretty sure there's a young Otis Redding fan out there who who would love to be a part of something like that and actually take it really serious. Yeah, there's a young And do something beautiful with it. I mean, he probably have to gain a little weight, but shit, if you want to, I... I mean, I don't know if you got to get the look right, but, like, I can see Luke James. See? Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Thank you. Thank you. See, I wouldn't even think of Luke James. But Luke James got this, you know what I'm saying? Look at it. I gotta get ready to get out of here, though, bro. Wait, hold up, huh? I gotta get ready to get out of here. Start getting All right, ready. well, I'm gonna leave you with this note. Uh, did you know that I look like Baby Huey? But um, that's <laughs> if you go nah. go look go go look at Baby Huey. I look just like all right, I mean, Baby Huey. Huey. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Hanging yes. Through. We'll catch y'all boys next time and when next time. Boom. Yeah, hey, it's your boy Fat Al. Hey, this song right here, you know what I'm saying? For all my niggas that be coming down, if you coming down, and you play this song right here, I don't care who behind you, police, I don't give a fuck. The door should be open, and you be swinging, that's how we do it in Cleveland. Hey, it's the Fat Al, and I'm trying to slam. First nigga put 28s on the jack. 20s on the leg, put the clothes on the cutty. Pull up in the brown car, look like a nutty buddy. Now I got some buddies that love the cap and they love the fat hell just because a nigga rap. Nigga stay strapped and I ain't talking about a guns. Look, when I stop, all my rims just run. Niggas coming up, so niggas coming down. Look at the tall truck, got surround sound. He be talking down and you get a beat down. Stop street, well spinning and I'm capping on you clowns. I am a winner, far from a sinner. Look how I stop holes, blind by my spinners. Look at the man, but I make a killer man. When I stop the 28 spinners, look like a silly fan. Out of Kenya, out of Kenya, out of, out of, out of, out of the Kenya, out of Kenya, out of Kenya, out of, out of, out of the, out of the Kenya. Niggas hate me now, cause out of Kenya, out of, out of, out of the, out of the Kenya. In the Sunday, these boys can't top it. Paint is vanilla while my seeds is dark chocolate. When it comes to capping, you niggas switch the topic. When it comes to this rapping, they know that I'm the hottest. Try to make a profit, boy, you better stop it. Cause my hustle, man, these niggas can't knock it. I'm in the drop it. Matter of fact, I'm Ivan. Trunk hits so hard that I thought I did a drop kick. Look at the mind, you know I'm a shine. Riding in the cutty with my nigga Vine. I said to cut it. Don't forget about E, cause he coming down sliding. In the Grand Prix, Earn got the money. See him, Mike got the eight ball. Spell slap backwards, that mean we got balls. Nigga hate on y'all, I think no. Matter of fact, when I stop, I get applause. Out of came down, out of came down, out of, 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 out
out of 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 out From the foe, they be coming down. Niggas from Coy, they be coming down. Niggas from the 17, they be coming down. Niggas from the five, they be coming down. Niggas from the offset, they be coming down. Niggas from Cedar, they be coming down. Niggas from Superior, they be coming down. Niggas from Kinsley, they be coming down. Niggas coming down from ATL to H-Town. Niggas coming down, the Chevy boys is coming down. The Cadillac gang, man, they be coming down. Niggas from C-Town, man, we stay coming down. They pop truck H-Town, but right here we swing those. Niggas coming down, plus we riding on foes. Niggas told you before, niggas we swinging those. I don't give a fuck, though, we stay blinking hoes. I told them it's the fat town, it's the fat town, it's the, it's the, Like, what are you talking about that? QB what? Okay, I mean, he's not all that good to me. Not saying he's bad. But, okay, and I am a little salty about what happened during the UT game as well. I'm not going to lie. Because Texas was supposed to win that game this year. Oh, the Alabama game? You know it. Everybody that watched that game know Texas was supposed to win. But and right now, he's, he's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Yes, he's just small. He's just smart. The 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 hope for Brayshon is that he's more Russell Wilson, more Drew Brees, and not more Baker Mayfield. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that would be something for a shorter quarterback because Baker Mayfield, I think Baker Mayfield was supposed to be really good, but I guess not. Yeah, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Raise the roof. Fucking back. Um, Caleb's running off of um, five hours of sleep. Dude, dude. I'm not even going to. I'm going to just tell you what happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was a lot. It was so much. Bring it down. We got time. Uh, Let me finish doing what I'm doing now. We we do. I do that maybe the second segment. The second segment yeah. of the show. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, this is, I mean, I think you know what I was going to, I mean, I mean, we're going to be a little bit more, what I'm going to do is, I already have an hour of us, I'm just going to combine it with this one, so, give people, you know, a good nice, idea, good idea, become a nice great idea, episode, you know what I'm saying, 
episode filled with meat. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I'm going <laughs> to... You texted me backstage. That's funny. Yeah, I was backstage, nigga. That's what it said. It said, you're backstage. I'm like, letting you know I'm backstage, bro. So, uh, see, they need to take... That's the play right there. I cannot <laughs> believe on that fucking play. Like, all they had to do was make one tackle. That tackle? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, ladies and gentlemen, this is... If you don't know, by now, you should know that this is the podcast regarding with a Panthers fan and a Houston Texas fan, aka Bulls on Parade. You know what I'm saying? Whoa, and we whoa, I believe no, no, don't aka my team like that. Don't well, aka I, my team. But no, wait, because you, you can't do that. You can't do that. I can't, can't do, do that? that? No, you can't do that. As a Panther fan and as a non Texas fan, you can't say aka Bulls <laughs> like also known as like if you don't know the real team name, you may know about this shitty name. Like no. You can't do that. The you you mean the original Houston Oilers? Now the Houston. That's Texas. that's cool. That's cool too. That's cool. But AKA Bulls on Parade. That was that was our slogan during the match. Uh, Andre Johnson, Arian Foster, oh. D'Amico Ryan's, Brian Cushing. Those years. Yes, we are. We we are fans of the teams with the first three picks in the NFL draft. Now, before we get into like our our selections and the draft in general, what is your favorite day of the NFL draft? My favorite day of the NFL draft. Yes, there's three I, days. Yeah. Uh, honestly. If I had to pick a day on the draft to be my favorite, it would have to be the last day. Thank you. It would have to be the last day. If if you actively watch sports, it don't matter what sport it is, if you actively any sport, like you you know from college who's gonna get drafted first majority right. of the time. You know who the first rounders are gonna be. Then you may know some of the second rounders. But shit, even certain players that you might have thought winning the first and the second may not go to the third. But a lot of times those third rounders, they they feel like they have more to play for. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you end up getting some of the greatest talent ever. You end up discovering some players that you may have not watched collegially, you know, that were really actually still a great player then. You know what I mean? So that third day, is a hell of a lot better. It is. It is. And what uh, what I wanted to talk about here is like the reason why the third day in the draft is my favorite day. Number one is it's from 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. Well, 11 to 7. Actually, it's eight hours. <laughs> eight hours of football. And it is draft, and it is round four to seven. Now let me break down the NFL draft. The first three rounds of the NFL draft are a close, tight knit. Um, have a close, tight knit selection of players. Usually, usually between a hundred and ten 
to 160 names are selected from the first to third round in the draft on both days. So it's, there's no like usually there's no like reaches in the third like 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 nobody's gonna like take a a six round talent in the middle of the second round or the middle of the third round after the first two days when it comes to the draft. But then on the last day which is the fun day, the last day of the NFL draft has, and I quote, it has the best names, the best stories, and the funnest highlights because in the first three rounds, the, 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 the player pool is between 110 to 160 players. In the fourth through the seventh rounds, the player pool is between 160 to like 460 players. 160 players. Because the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds are when the Division twos, Division threes, the JUCOs. They read. That's what they be reading. They be there. They can't yeah. for that. They don't have another. They don't have another path in life. Yeah, yeah. The the Canadian players, yeah. the um the the um the London players, the German players, the former rugby players who get drafted at twenty four years old. <laughs> twenty four yeah. years old. The and also um the maybe the the sixth best defensive player on a college football playoff team. So so like so like the corner on so so the uh so the person the nickel package cornerback on yeah. the best secondary in college. Yes, yes, yes. You know, he who's, only who's, who's a fucking uh six four freshman or a sophomore, just shit, the other people yeah, that one one. just a, not even just a little better, they just right, 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 right. If you stay another year, he'd be a top uh First, uh, early second round pick, but he decided to go out. He only had yes. like thirty five tackles, a pick, and a force yes. fumble. But in but in those plays, he was effective. But he's going to like, you know, what I'm saying a good defensive backs coach in the sixth round. Like, and then and then uh, and then, of course, always your HBCU tap. Um, now we only got one. We which only got needs, one, uh, which needs more. Yes, light in the league, first of all, because I mean, one of the greatest NFL players of all time come yeah. from HBCUs. I can name right. three right off the bat Shannon Sharp, Michael Strahan, and Donald Driver. Yep, uh, and then and then those are three good, actually, those are three good men to name, yeah. like even today, those are still model people. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Like Donald Driver, Donald Driver was a consummate gentleman, no question. Right, one of one of Titans last year in the league with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. You know Donald Driver, I ain't heard Donald Driver in so long. Alcorn State alum, Super Bowl champion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that's my favorite day because you get because in the fifth because it'd be like in the fifth round, the Tennessee Titans select. Jerome Berry, fullback, Coastal Carolina. Jerome Berry, 
Coastal Carolina. And then you'll see Jerome. He's 23 now. But you'll yeah. see his highlights, and he's just running niggas over. He's blocking excellently. I know it's H- I know I know it's like HBCU football, but he's blocking yeah, ex- excellently. You know what I'm saying? And my favorite thing about the highlights in the fourth through seventh round is I always look for shit that can transfer on an NFL field. Good blocking from a fullback will always transfer on an NFL field. So it's like so you but get- you got to think about that. The fullback position is almost dying though too. Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, Ricard. I think his name was Ricard. He's a fullback for the Ravens. Yep. Me and you. Oh, while we here, while we talking about the Ravens, shout out um, Lamar for getting his money. What did he get? What, what did they decide? He got five. He got five for two sixty with one hundred and eighty-five fully guaranteed. One hundred and eighty-five guaranteed for five. Yep, that's but, right. He didn't have an agent, so yeah. But like, you know what I'm saying? You, you know what I'm saying? Like when you get picked, you know what I'm saying? When the fourth, like you know what I'm saying? The, you know what I'm saying? Some notable. No, I don't know what you're saying until you tell us. Some notable players on the third picked on the third day of the draft. I'm gonna go. Well, I can go Dak Prescott was picked in the fourth round. Yeah. Um, Richard Sherman, I believe Bobby Wagner. Let me see. You know what I'm saying? It's like some, you know what I'm saying? You, you get that's my favorite. That's the best thing about football because you could go on like you can an undrafted NFL player could be a Hall of Famer. It's, it's it's very possible. You just you know what I'm saying it's one of those sports. You know what I'm saying? And then like and then like most players picked in the fourth through seven rounds are hungrier. Way hungrier. You know what I'm saying? Because every year, every single year, so we have this conversation about one player. Every single year in every draft, there's always a how many receivers was choked was picked? Over this person, how did this play? How was this a fifth round pick? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Prime example: Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs was a fifth round pick, right? Let's go to that draft and see see the wide receivers that was picked over Stephon Diggs. Let's let me go down. Let me go down. Let me go down the Pro Bowl. Let's see the, the player selections. All right. All right. Boom. Okay. Amari Cooper. I, I, Amari Cooper's solid. He's solid. He's solid. He's not better than yeah. He's not better than yeah. I think I think he should have went to somewhere else besides what he got drafted by the Browns. The Raiders. The Raiders. Okay, so he got drafted by the Raiders first. He should have won somewhere else. He got drafted at like 20 years old, too. Yeah, it don't matter. The age, he should have went somewhere else. He was a young motherfucker. Kevin White by the Chicago – who? By the Chicago Bears. Uh, Devontae Parker? No. Nelson Aguilar? No. Rashad Perryman? 
No. Houston Texans selected Kevin Johnson. No. Okay. So I finally found the list that I was looking for too. The the list that I'm looking at is virtually the same list of what we're talking about. But it's ranking the best day three picks in NFL draft history. Oh, let's just go. This is current. Oh, it's not current. It's only it's really nine years. Because it's 2014. So it's not gonna be too far back. Oh, that's that's good enough. Yeah. The first person on the list is Alteron Vernon, cornerback. Or yeah, cornerback from UCLA. Got drafted by the Titans. Shut down corner on day three. He became one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL since then. Mm-hmm. Who else? Virginia Tech, strong safety. Cam Chancellor. Of course. Third round pick. Where else we at? Geno Atkins. DT, Georgia. Third round pick. Stanford, cornerback, Richard Sherman. Third round pick. Of course. I know this list don't have four people. These motherfuckers made a four player list. Is that it? Is it only four players? Uh, no. There's way more. There was that. more than four players. Yeah, because you got some undrafted stars in there. Jeff Saturday yes. was undrafted. Okay, there we go. Goodness gracious. This just this just a list. And this is a bleacher report list. I thought it would have been more extensive. <clears throat> Alteron Vernon, I don't know. That nigga said NFL history. Yeah. Best late round draft steals since merger. Okay, see, I didn't do that. I didn't look up draft steals. That might be the way to do it. Uh, twenty. I'm on twenty. Jay Ratliff, Cowboys. You remember Jay Ratliff? Seventh round pick in 2005. Troy Brown. Eight, the eighth round, the 1993, Seth Joyner, an eighth round pick. Oh, these these are old. These niggas are old. Harold Carmichael, Eagles, seventh round, 1971. Matt Hasselbeck, sixth round, 1998. Went to a Super Bowl. Marquez Colston. You remember Marquez Colston, seventh round pick? No. You remember Marquez Colston for the Saints? Well, Marquise Carlson, the receiver. Yeah, the receiver. Oh, yeah. White, yeah. White Clark was a tenth round pick for the Niners. Well, he has the he has one of the he has probably arguably the greatest postseason catch in football history. Yeah. Uh, Donald Driver, seventh round pick. Jake Scott, seventh round, nineteen seventy. Joe Klecko, don't know who that is. Terrell Joe Davis, Davis. sixth round. Terrell Davis was picked. In the sixth goddamn round. 
Terrell Davis, is he in the Hall of Fame? Yes, he just got in the Hall of Fame within the past few years. Okay, because they won what? He got one ring, yeah? Yeah, two. They went back to that. Okay. Rayfield Davis is so under-discussed. Richard Dent, eight round. This nigga look like Khalil Mack in this picture. Ken Houston, Houston Oilers, ninth round pick. Of course, Shannon Sharp, seventh round pick. Oh, yeah, the number one day three pick is Tom Brady, pick 199. Oh, yeah. Let's not forget that ever. Well, let's go to the, the greatest undrafted. That might be a good list. Yeah, that might Let's be it. Because I know Jeff Saturday is on there. Top 30 undrafted players in NFL history. Okay, let's do Curry this. Warner, Warren Moon. Night Train Lane. This list is a motherfucker. Yeah, Wes Welker. Marion Miley. Yeah. I know you were Marion Miley. That was 1946. Drew Pearson. Jesus Christ. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Chris Harris. I hate Chris Harris. Brown Waters. Hmm. I know Brown Waters. What Wait website do you want? Uh, NFL.com. The 30 undrafted players? Yeah. Dave Grayson. Larry Little, Who? Nate Newton, Who? Big Big Newton. I don't know none of these Casey Peters, niggas. Hall of Famer. Okay. Hall of Famer, Jason Peters. Adam Vinatieri. Why you didn't say Wes Welker? Yeah, I did say Wes Welker. While you was oh. like, listen to Mark. Vinatieri, Chris Ayers. Adam Vinatieri, the Super Bowl hero. Priest Holmes. Priest Holmes, Longhorn legend, Priest Holmes, was not drafted. Okay. How could, unbelievable. How could you not pick Priest Holmes? Priest Holmes was good for seven years, and then he got fat. And then he wasn't good no more. Would you believe that James Harrison wasn't drafted? Crazy. Crazy. He got in the league and Shit. Rod Smith. Nice. Rod Smith played next to Shannon Show. I Joe Jacoby. Antonio Gates was not drafted. Antonio Gates was not. Tony Romo was. I know that. I know about that. Tony, Tony Romo. Romo. Nobody liked Tony Romo, but shout out Tony Paul Romo. Actually, a shout out to all the gentlemen on the list, first of all, because it takes effort. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you're not drafted and you still actually play and make a decent career too. That's beautiful. Lou, who the fuck is Lou the Toe? Exactly. Bro, I'm looking at the same person because I'm trying to figure out, first of all, how the fuck do you have an offensive tackle who's a kicker? He played 14 years? He played 21 seasons. He played 21 seasons. Nine Pro Bowls. Eight championships. You know what's crazy? You know what's the funny thing about it? The Pro Bowl is old as shit. Because yeah. I be seeing first year 1948, Pro Bowl yeah. selection three. Whoa. Whoa. Willie Wood. Yeah, Willie that, that Wood, top of that Willie list Brown. is real nice. War Moon, of course. Of course. Emily Tuttle. Dick. Night Train Lane. Number one, Kurt Warner. 
Kurt Warner. Jeff Saturday should be on here. But yeah. The NFL all-time undrafted team. And that's according to NFL.com and his recent up like until This what? is not a bad team. You got Kurt, Priest Holmes, Drew Pearson, and Wes Welker, Antonio Gates, Jason Peters, Little Jim Blanger, Brian Waters. Oh, yeah, this team is making the playoffs. This team is definitely making the playoffs. John Randall. Yeah, this team is this Cameron Wake wasn't drafted. Oh, shit. Oh, I typed it in on Google, and I'm getting some of the same list. Yeah, some of the same list. London Fletcher. You remember London Fletcher? Yes. Oh, my God. Roderick Smith, Brian Waters, Jeff Saturday, yeah, Adam Beeman wasn't drafted. Austin Eckler wasn't drafted. Yeah, Austin Eckler was not drafted. Adam Beeman. Oh, this, this team can make the Super Bowl. Cause we got, let me tell you, let me tell you, we got Kurt Warner, we got Adam Vinatieri, we got Antonio Gates and Drew Pearson. Offensively, with Priest Holmes, offensively, that's that that, that can get you. That can but get you're you. not done though. But you're not done. You said with Priest Holmes, and then backing up Priest Holmes, you would have like Arian Foster. You know what yes. I'm saying? So, and then on top of that, now you got two people on the wings, like your receivers, depending on what kind of offense you want to run, you got Victor Cruz, Adam Thielen, um, or you could go with who, oh, we talked about um, oh no, he got drafted. Then Antonio Gates, he could damn near stretch out. You got Tony Romo, you got Tony Romo backing up Kurt Warner now, but No, you got Tony Romo backing up Kurt Warner. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I got Warren Moon starting. Oh, you're right. You know what I'm right. saying? Okay. Then so my Warren, two starters. Okay, so, so Warren Moon is definitely starting. Kurt Warner is definitely the backup. Kurt Warner is, you know what I'm saying, that's roughly the same player. You know what I mean? So they one of them can start. But I put in Jake Delon before I put in goddamn Tony Romo. And I don't give a fuck if y'all say that's being biased or not. I'm just not putting in Tony Romo. So I put in Jim Garcia. That'll, who, that'll actually be my backup. <laughs> yeah, now, now, who coaches this team? It's only one coach for this team, nigga. Who? Bill Parcells. Why would you even ask Bill, this shit? I, okay. I would say Bill Parcells and Andy Reid. Yeah. I, I, feel, I feel like I feel like with you with, with Warren Moon, Drew Pearson, Priest Holmes, Arian Foster, Adam Thielen, Wes Welker. Oh, you got to scheme up. Like we, we. I need Andy. I need Big Andy and Eric being in the, to scheme up some some magic. <laughs> some magic. Is this true? Huh? So I'm just scrolling up. Um, best undrafted running backs of all time, and they have a list. Really? I don't know. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I'm going to just go through the names, and you tell me if any one of these people really weren't drafted. O.J. Simpson, Tony Dorsett, Marcus Allen, Earl Campbell, no, Andrew James, Thompson. O.J. Simpson was the number one overall pick. That's what I'm saying. People got us. It says best undrafted running backs of all time, and these motherfuckers got O.J. Simpson. Nah, but like this defense, okay, I got, I, I got Andy Reid as my coach. I got 
As my defensive coordinator, it's Ty Bowles. It's Ty Bowles. Because we got London Fletcher, James Harrison, Cameron Wake. Ty Bowles. Not Ty Randall. And John Randall. You need Bill Parcells as a defensive coach to handle James Harrison. Period. <laughs> Period. <laughs> and if you handle James <laughs> Harrison, then you don't handle you the defense. You mean James Harrison? You mean the nigga that bench press is 780 pounds only to get five tackles a season? And, last the person, and the only person that's going to be able to keep him in line any kind of way is somebody like Bill Parcell or if you got Lawrence Taylor as a linebacker coach or if you got yeah. – uh, yeah, yeah, I would go Bill Parcells. Maybe Tony Dungy or Mike Tomlin. Yeah, I would go Bill Parcells, Eric Bieniemy is my offensive coordinator. You know what I'm saying? Tony Dungy is my defensive coordinator. So, or like Marvin Lewis is my defense, not my coach, my defensive coordinator because he won a Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator. You're just going to keep giving him a job, huh? Does here's the thing about here's the thing about the undrafted running backs. It's no speedsters. It's just steady, just five yards of carry running backs. They might break, but they're gonna give you this steady. Priest Holmes, Priest Holmes alone is gonna tie out your defensive line. And then you bring in Arian Foster, and he's gonna get the flashy big yeah, yeah. Like, and then you got then you got Drew Drew Pearson. Oh my god. Oh. Oh my God! An unsung, one of probably the best wide receiver of the eighties. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But back to draft. Um, I got Bryce Young, but you got CJ Stroud. Well, the Texans got CJ Stroud and traded up to get Will Anderson. How do you feel, how do you feel about the Texans getting over? Wait, the draft is going on already? No, it's over with. Oh, <laughs> bro, when I tell you I have not been keeping up, let me get on NFL.com. Let me see what the Texans have done. Yeah, don't look at y'all got. People might have done. Indeed. Yeah, y'all got y'all. Y'all got two. Of the top five prospects in the draft. Okay. Hopefully, we actually get to see them on the field in the Texans uniform. Oh, you will. Oh, you will. Will Anderson for sure. Will Anderson for sure. CJ Stroud. So I think CJ Stroud is going to play all year for you. That's Will Anderson right there. Because if the offensive line don't hold up, then. You know how that shit goes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we have with Bryce. What ha- okay? So I'm, I'm gonna break down my. I'm gonna break down like how I feel right now from what happened. So when we so at the end of the season when we fired Steve Wilkes after he did a wonderful job, you know, flipping the season around for us, <clears throat> really good. I was kind of, I was kind of annoyed, but I'm like, because I'm like. Because they hired Frank Wright. He didn't, you know what I'm saying? They didn't, they, he was the interim coach after we fired Matt Rule, who's the head coach in Nebraska. And 
he didn't get they didn't promote him to head coach they had Frank Rant and I was kind of annoyed by that because I was like he did a good job. We almost made the playoffs. If Mike Evans doesn't have a two hundred yard receiver game, <laughs> we probably yeah. win the division. We win the division. You know what I'm saying? But before that, we was shit out of luck. So he turned the season around, and I was just like, well, damn. And he's a black man. Well, I'm like, well, damn, what you trying to say? But after hiring Frank Wright, they rebuilt, they completely rebuilt the staff. And and uh, completely rebuilt the staff. You know what I'm saying? Every move they was making, Frank Frank Wright's, his, his staff, his um, fucking – Scouts and everything that they're, they're among the best of the best, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm looking at them rebuilding the staff, and I was like, oh, I like that, oh, I like this, okay, I was like, okay, this is nice. Then free agency hits, and then we go get we we do we we still have Brian Burns, uh, Pro Bowl, a Pro Bowl tackle, Pro Bowl end, not our Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl end, so we didn't we, we ended up trading C Max to the 49ers. We got a second round pick, which I'm about to talk about in a minute. But uh, we ended up, we still got Brian Burns. Uh, and then we traded for the number one overall pick. We gave up the ninth, a first for next year, some, a couple other things, and DJ Moore for the first round pick. And when that happened, I'm like, okay, I'm back in because since, since TJ Watt broke Cam Newton's shoulder, on that Monday night game when we were six and two, we were like six and two, and then like after he broke his shoulder, he tried to play through it, and like we went mm-hmm. like one and seven afterwards or some shit like it was crazy. But I've been kind of disinterested in Panthers football. But when we traded for the number one overall pick, I'm like, okay, we'll eat, we're either gonna get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. I'm back in, meaning I'm gonna watch. <laughs> and just, just you know, just enjoy having a new young quarterback. And then in the mm-hmm. offseason, we went, we got we got some good pieces. We got Adam Thielen, you know, 30, 33 year old Adam Thielen, but you know, it's a three year deal. <laughs> Play out these three years, you know, retire and shit like that. But then we got Miles Sanders. So we got a, you know, what I'm saying we got a veteran, veteran, you know, durable, reliable receiver, and then we got a, you know, what I'm saying a, a steady every down back that just went to the Super Bowl, went to the Super Bowl, and so we draft Bryce Young. We have the coach and the staff to give him the best opportunity to be successful. You know what I'm saying? So, and then in the second round, Will Anderson is fucking these niggas up. In the second round, we got uh, a wide receiver from Ole Miss, Jonathan Mingo. And so I'm kind of like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not really worried about record. I just want to see some good, nice football and some nice growth from my team. And I'm excited. I'm excited. You know what I'm saying? My expectations are low. I don't really have any expectations. For Bryce's first year, I just wanted him to show promise. I wanted him to make it through the season. Mm, that part. I know I don't know any of these people personally. Whether they win or lose is none of my, you know what I'm saying? It's not going to 
affect me in my regular everyday life. However, though, especially a young person, you know what I mean? You know, even if they were the same age as me, even when I was younger, seeing a young player get injured within that first season, not even, you know what I'm saying, four games in or in preseason and stuff, that's debilitating, even for me. It just, it is. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like, that's like you working your entire life, you know what I mean? Or everything that you've done was to get to the stage that you're on now. Or, and now you have to do something else because you can't do it. Yeah. I've, uh, I really, and the reason why I wanted to get you on the talk sports is because I like, I like the Texans. I like D'Amico as head coach. I like what they did. I like what they did. Nobody, there was nobody, nobody, nobody said she. Nobody, there was nobody that was like Texas could fuck around and get CJ Stroud and Will Anderson. There was nobody who thought that. Nobody thought that would happen. Nobody predicted that would happen. Nobody predicted that would happen. And I like, I like it. I actually like y'all draft picks. Y'all got, y'all got CJ. Y'all got Will Anderson. Y'all got a center from Penn State named Juice Scrubs. Love the name. What? Juice Scrubs. Okay. Y'all got a wide receiver from Houston. From y'all got a, he's five eight though. It's kind of down. That's not about right. <laughs> right, but he led the NCAA in receiving yards and touchdowns. So I'm so the nigga five eight, but I mean I, I, I if you five eight and lead your conference and no 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 the NCAA oh the entire NCAA yeah and, and five eight at five eight fourteen hundred yards seventeen touchdowns second in receptions with one on nine oh, hold on let me see we got who is this person his name is Nathaniel Dale. Nathaniel? Nathaniel Dale. He is a Houston Cougar. D-E-L-L. Nathaniel Dale. All right, Nathaniel. Nathaniel. His nickname is Tank? Yep. He's 5'8"? Mm-hmm. This is... This, this oh, is he looks like he is from Florida. That's why. That's why. Whoever this pan, whoever this man's parents are, or somebody was really thinking. All right, so did he just run if you know anything about football? If you know anything about football, you know that there are certain places that certain things come from. You know, Texas is overall a football state. So if you're in Texas playing football, if you're good at whatever it is that you play, people are going to see you. If you're from Florida and you play one of the skill or speed positions, you're going to get drafted. And if you play in Alabama in any form of capacity, you're probably going to have some size and some kind of just like, I don't know what is the word, like this this extra fight in you. This this young person, oh, he played college. He played college football at Alabama A&M. Mm-hmm. So he was around those big people. He's from Daytona, Florida. So he may have gained some of that speed in high school. And then ended up coming to Houston, and it was just like, well, shit. How old, how old, how old is he? 23. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. 
he went, from, went to Alabama A and M first. So I, yeah. I consider him an HBCU product. Yeah, HBCU product. I, you know, what I'm saying. So he's had to deal with. Like I feel like he could get open. That's the thing. I feel like he can get open. Or at least be a punk. He, he at least be a return. Whoa, whoa! First of all, um, Tyreek Hill, one of yeah. your favorite, one of your favorite receivers of all time, Steve Smith. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? He doesn't have to be tall to be a great receiver. Well, I, I, I like it. I like it. Now on the sixth round, y'all got a wide receiver called Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State. Mm. Uh. He had 3,000 total yards and 15 total touchdowns in three years. You know, he's 6'3". You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You, well, you expect the six-round pick, you expect him, number one, to make the team. Number two, number two at maximum, be serviceable. If he's serviceable, that's fine, especially with a rookie quarterback. Especially with a rookie quarterback. But no, Nathaniel Bell cannot be stopped. Doesn't seem like it. He cannot. Let's watch some of his highlights. Who? Nathaniel Dale. You're watching it right now. Look at oh, I'm, I was on another page. Yeah, you're watching it right now. Woo! Ooh, I like it. I like it. Yeah, that cornerback just sat there. He had locked his feet up after, what, three or four steps? I wouldn't pencil him in at, as a rookie. I'm not going to pencil him in as a one. No. You know what I'm saying? Not yet, because you know who he's giving me, like, the essences of or whatever? He's giving me... Oh, and then that's so fucked up. I can't even remember this fucker's name, man. Um. Oh. Quarter, he's a wide receiver for the wide receiver for the Bengals. Jamar Chase? Yes. He's giving me Jamar Chase vibes. Like just not over the top, you know what I'm saying? Just a solid player. A very, very solid player. Right. Very solid player. Um I'm interested to see his production. Yes, exactly. I'm interested to see his production. Oh, he is this motherfucker fast. But yeah. you see, like that's a we've only been watching touchdown highlights, okay? Right. Touchdown, and then look, okay, they show it sometimes. He's very humble, you know what I'm saying? Like he's not being flamboyant or anything. He's getting the score. He'll celebrate with his team for a little bit, and he right back to the sideline. You know what I'm saying? He's doing yeah, it. yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like you know what I'm saying? All this, yeah. Like I, I like all these picks for D'Amico Ryan. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They seem like very solid individuals. CJ seems like a good kid. Oh, we see we finna see a punt return for a touchdown? Yeah, he's returned like three of them. This is the third one he's returned. Oh no. Okay. But yeah. he, he just returned like two of them earlier. So like at, if he can be a return man to start off. That's still that's still not safe though, man. That's that's the thing. Oh my gosh. It's just like yeah, yeah. I want to see like show me some third. I think about, I think about 
a lot of times about two players that should have been better than what they were, but the league really didn't know how to do what it is that they needed. And those players are the players that were Darren McFadden and McClusters from Ole Miss. Dexter McClusters? Yeah. Darren McFadden couldn't stay healthy. Because they didn't know what to do with him. You got this small leg scat back running through the middle. The fuck are you doing? Of course he's not going to be healthy. Get his legs right. And then McClusters was supposed to be a running back. He was a running back. But because he's small, quote unquote, man, now you got players like Austin Eckler, who's also a small back, and they get it. They put him in their wide receiver. Yeah, those are plays. Those are plays I like to see. Just don't show, don't just show the touchdown. So Alabama A and M highlights. I want to see all of them. You know they don't got no goddamn Alabama Alabama A and M highlights unless you find them specifically. Okay. But we got we got we only had five picks this draft because duh, we traded a bunch of them for the number one overall pick. We got Jonathan Mingo. From Ole Miss, I like what I see from this young whippersnapper. Not a whippersnapper. Whippersnapper. Also, also, also. So, also, also. The last two Ole Miss wide receivers hit real big. Know who the last two Ole Miss wide receivers were? No. DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. Okay. DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Big play against LSU. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big play against LSU. Boom. Oh, get off me. Oh, ass nigga. Boom. Get off me some more. He's make, he's making plays against Alabama down fifty two seventeen, but in college score doesn't matter. Ooh. We got Jonathan Mingo. We got DJ Justin. <laughs> what? How <laughs> was yawning? Okay. Don't do that. He was just yawning. He was not making fun of anybody or anything of that nature. No, man. No, I ain't. I'm broke. We got DJ Jerry. Yeah, we got five pieces, but I like Jonathan Mingo. I do like. So if you can make a prediction of wins for your Texans, what would you, how many would you get? Five? Six, 
Mm, I was actually thinking seven, really. Seven in that yeah. division. Oh, also in your division. Two more quarterbacks in your division. Eventually, like starters in your division, of course. The Colts selected Anthony Richardson. Okay. Black quarterback from Florida. And the Titans selected Will Levis. Who? From Kentucky. From Kentucky. So those so expect those to be in your division. I expect Ryan Tannehill to play one more year. You expect him to play one more year? I mean he's you know he's 34 years old. I mean, I expect him to have one more one more season or if not get traded mid season, his upcoming season. So I expect I'll be fine with the Panthers going six and eleven, seven and ten. If I see some prom if I see some promise from Bryce. You know what I'm saying? Because we went yeah. last year with PJ Goddamn Walker and Deontay Deontay Foreman. First of all, PJ Walker is that guy. <laughs> <laughs> we know this. Okay. <laughs> He may not just he may not know how much of that guy he's in because that's one of those players that shit, people are just in his corner for no fucking reason besides that he the story, you know what I'm saying? The story behind it, the narrative of PJ Walker. Because he's that he's that nigga. I don't like to as y'all realize, I don't like to say I do my damnness not to say nigga. You know what I'm saying? And shit like that, but hey. He's that nigga. <laughs> oh yeah, he did play for the Houston Roughnecks. Yeah. Yeah. So I gotta get ready to get out of here, y'all. But I'm um I'm um I'm really emotional. I'm really emotional. Like, you emotional happened. Uh man. Like, I have my friends, my family, like you, you know what I'm saying? But I, I, I don't know what part of life this is. It's like the things that I want to do creatively, I'm able to do it. But the people that are in my life or that were in my life that hush, hush. What the fuck is that? It's, bro, you nigga, we got 20 chickens. You think they just always outside? You got chickens in your house? Yes. If they get sick or if they get hurt or something, we bring them in. Oh, that, the name of this episode is This Chickens in the Living Room. That's. Yeah. That, did you? What's but, the, man, I can't just, believe what the fuck I just heard. I ended up losing. I think I really lost, like, a good friend, a really good friend. And I'm not upset, but I'm hurt because we didn't talk how I wanted us to talk before. Like I knew damn near what was gonna happen was gonna happen. And being that I knew it was gonna happen, I at least wanted to talk about it. And that's not what happened. So I ended up doing my show, ended up, being the last person to go on the headliner, quote unquote. And 
I got stuck downtown. I didn't make it home until six this morning, basically, because the bus didn't come till four forty-five. The show was over at midnight. To give you an idea of how long I was just walking cold downtown. Um, I haven't seen my son. Just it's a lot right now, man. But I'm thankful. Yeah. Yeah, I go through those stretches. Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying like even about to make this big move and all this, you know, when you're about to, when you feel, every time you feel good about something, like the devil always tries to creep in doubt, worry, and fear, and complacency, you know what I'm saying? To get you, to get you off your rocker about certain shit. Yeah, you know man, but it's a yeah. This life shit is a cycle. It's beautiful, man. It's, it's still beautiful. beautiful. It's still beautiful. Man. It's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? And we're not always up, but we're that. also not always down. I know, man. You know what I'm saying? But you just gotta let's get out of here, man. Yeah, let's get out of here. This has been. This has been this has been a, this has been a fun little ditty. You know what I'm saying? We will see you guys soon. Yes. You got you got the sniffles too. Uh, man, I was just crying. Oh shit! I I I, mean, I don't have the sniffles since this fucking weather change. But yeah, we'll no, see you. The weather hasn't been messing with me really. <laughs> Got my dicks up in the six, I'm fucking on leather and wood I'm just a youngin' from the hood with some dick to feel good With him you know that you shouldn't, with me you know that you should Your pussy snug like a dub when I push and I chug Knock a dime, got the climb cause I ain't making love See your man the type of guy to get jealous and bitch of a 
don't mess up with hard on your nipples. My name is Sharp as a liquor. She love my pickle and if you gave her a dime, nigga, she gave me a nickel. So why you begging, singing shit? She got my dick on her mind. Keep on the gear, can your kill your kill? She be spending your time. Drunk or drippy, damn skippy, gave me enough from shot of Mississippi. Now pimp, I'm a 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 I'm a